Welcome everyone to the very first episode, very first podcast episode of Becoming a Great Dad podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bodie, and I'm excited to get started off. I must admit, um, it did take me a while to record this first one. I don't know if it was nerves or just procrastination, but it's something about that first time you do something, you know, it's just kind of always a hesitant moment, but um, I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm jumping right in. Uh, so let's talk about the podcast before I really get into the meat of the show. Um, kind of want to explain a couple things, uh, why I want to do this podcast to start off with, uh, who this podcast will be for, what you will get out this podcast, and then just, I guess, some other incidental stuff. So first thing is why I wanted to do this podcast, um, you know, I, so just a little bit about me. I am a dad, um, obviously, um, and we have four kids um, and we have a blended family. Uh, to kind of give you an idea, we have uh, one daughter, oldest daughter, Heaven, she's 21. Then our next son, Chris Jr., is 14. Then we have another son, Emmanuel, he's seven. And then finally, the baby of the family, uh, being as she's two. So I have four, my wife and I have four kids, uh, and the house gets very busy, uh, very noisy sometimes, a lot of schedules going on. Um, and because we have so many kids and because we are a blended family, so for example, I had my son from a previous relationship, my wife had two children, we met, and then we had a child of our own, um, I basically have two boys and two girls and I have a kid at every stage of life, adulthood, teenage, that kind of seven year old, not preteen, but almost there. And then a baby. Um, but I really feel like now was the time that I can share all my great advice and wisdom with dads, because I think now is the time more than ever that dads need help. Uh, and we really need help raising good kids. And I know every dad out there wants to be a great dad, right? I think I think when I think about dads, one thing that we want to do as fathers is leave a legacy. And part of our legacy is our children and how well we set them up for success. This podcast is for dads. Um, and in my mind, it doesn't matter if you already have kids, how many you have, if you are thinking about having kids or on the way to have kids, or even if you don't have actual kids, but you are mentoring a nephew or just a young girl or young boy, and you need that fatherly advice to be able to give them, um, this is a great podcast for you. Uh, I'm also a black dad, so we definitely will at some point in time in the podcast be talking specifically about issues that black fathers deal with uh, when it comes to race and stereotype and just raising your children in society today and dealing with that. Um, I'm going to definitely try to keep the podcast short. I know I'm not a podcast listener and I know that sounds kind of weird like, oh, you got a podcast, but you know, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> so, but um, 
I know like I kind of hate like long super podcasts. So I'm going to definitely try to keep my podcast somewhat short. Cross my fingers. Don't hold me to it. But like between 15 and 30 minutes, you know, I know as dads and as guys just in general, we're busy, you know, so I don't want to keep you long on this podcast. I want you to get the information you need, be able to use it on a day-to-day basis and get out there. Um, you also will hear on the podcast some advertisement. So, you know, got a website, got the podcast, so kind of need some funds coming in for that. Um, there'll probably be some advertising um, on the podcast and you'll hear me also uh, make requests for donations. And look, you don't have to donate a single penny. I really just want to get this information out to dads who need it. But if you do feel in your heart that this was a great podcast or you learned something, look, even a dollar, dollar, five bucks, whatever you want to throw toward it will definitely be used for the podcast uh, so we can just make things better. Okay. So that is all about the, the show, what you will get, what it will entail. I encourage you to that if by the end of this, you haven't clicked off of it and you still like it, definitely send this to another dad or a father figure who may need this advice. So first, let me uh, congratulate you. Uh, I, I, I say congratulations because let me warn you, fellas, uh, being a dad is definitely hard. Not taking anything away from mothers at all. Like it is definitely rough. I mean, inside, and I tell people inside like the same day, I think being a dad, it can be grueling. It can be unrewarding. Um, you definitely can lose your patience with your kids quick. But in that same day, it can also be fulfilling. And and, and, and that can definitely, you can definitely feel um, a purpose about being a dad. But but look, man, I'm not going to lie to you. Being a great dad is hard work. Um, I think the hardest work in being a great dad is not the actual child rearing part, but it's the actual changing things within yourself part. And we'll kind of talk about that in some different episodes. But let me repeat, if, if, if you want to be a great dad and notice that the name of this podcast is not being a good dad, right? But being a great dad, uh, you will have to change like you personally, you will have to grow. Um, if you want to be a better father and that is hard. So I'm going to give you out right now. If, if, if you are not up for this kind of work, that's okay. I will hold nothing against you. I'm going to actually turn the podcast off right now. You can feel free to just click off and go. You still there? Good. See, that was like a little old dad reverse psychology trick. I know y'all guys not. I know y'all not going to go. Obviously, you're listening to it because you want to be a good dad. So let's stick around and let's actually jump into uh, the meat of the podcast, which actually is uh, the five tools. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling this the five tools that you want to have in your fatherly toolbox. So if you can imagine like, you know, like in a physical toolbox, you might have some tools but we're going to talk about five different tools that if you're a father or if you are mentoring or teaching someone, you want to have these tools in your dad toolbox. 
Now, before I actually jump into the five tools and we kind of get into that, I want to just point out um, something, I guess, that may seem obvious, but I think it's a great idea to point it out is, okay, well, why? You know, why, Chris? Why is it important to be a good dad? And on the surface, it's like, oh, well, I want to raise good children and I guess I want my children not to hate me, right? But like, why is it really important to be a good dad? Um, and let me kind of back up for a second. Um, if we just think about us as human beings, right? Like we are social animals. Okay. Uh, and we learn by modeling behavior. All right. So just so you, just so y'all know my background is in technology and science. So I may kind of get off into like some nerdy stuff sometimes, but bear with me. Okay. Um, and if we look at say, for example, say primates, okay, for example, um, all primates learn how to survive and function in the world through social interaction, right? So like these patterns that we see, uh, you know, they help us develop. And for for dads and their children, um, it's so important to be a great dad because how we talk, what we do, and more importantly, like what we do, but what actions we do, um, our children will absorb that and they will reflect that. Now, if you take a look at young girls, okay? So, you know, you know, so we have two girls, two boys, right? So, you know, we got 50-50 on this. Um, for girls with their dads, they're looking for things like security and for emotional support, all right? So if their father is you know, kind and loving and gentle, um, those are the characteristics that they're going to see. And for our girls, if that's what they experience, that's what they're going to go out and look for, you know, when it's time for them to find a husband. Now, boys, on the other hand, they actually model themselves after their fathers. Um, Boys also want their dad's approval from a very young age, and, and and boys will also copy our behavior, um, and they will copy our tone of speech, our talk, and whatever we do. I mean, they will copy that. So if 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 they're in a household, just just uh, you know that is abusive, uh, controlling, dominating, um, that boy is going to emulate that. And maybe it's not something that extreme, right? You're like, oh, Chris, well, I don't beat my children and my wife or I don't come off controlling. But, you know, there's small things like, for example, there are small things that I know I do as a husband or as a man that is just character wise isn't good. And I realize, oh, wait, my sons are picking up on that and they're seeing that and eventually they're going to emulate that. And sometimes it happens quick, like in my example, that happened very quickly. So I was able to kind of, you know, catch it. But sometimes that'll happen at 18, 25, 38. And they're going to have issues that they don't understand why. And, and, and you may not know why, but they probably emulated it from you. So that's why it's so important to be a great dad, because both our boys and our girls, we really leave an imprint on them. Uh, you know, things we say, and I think most importantly, I think we all notice, but the things we do, 
um, that really shapes them. Like it, 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 it shapes who, uh, they will become in the future, what friends they'll have around, what spouses they may take. Um, all that kind of centers around that father having, or I guess creating a really healthy environment for them. So that's why it's important, I think, for us to be a great dad. So just kind of keep that nugget with you because while we're going through this podcast, there's going to be stuff for you to do and it's going to get hard and you need to kind of have a feather in your cap. It's okay. This is why I am doing this. This is why I want to go on this journey to actually become a great dad. So let's talk about those five tools uh, that need to be in your toolbox. Um And I'm going to start with the first one, which is probably one that everybody will understand. Everybody will get. Uh, This is the easiest one, you know, for us men. Uh, This is the provider, right? The provider tool. Um, And we get it because we're comfortable with it, because as a man, that's simple for us. Like we know, okay, I got to go out, got to make money. Right. These kids need a house. They need rooms. They need food. They need clothing and security. Uh, You know, first we give them the things that they need, then what they want. Now, I I, I picked this one first because I want to spend a little more time on the provider one, Um, because, you know, on one hand, yes, we understand easily what it means to provide for our children. But. On the other hand, the downside of that is that sometimes some of us dads unconsciously, like we stop, we stop at the skill set, right? We think that being a good dad means being a good provider, getting them what they need and want, and then we just don't go past that, right? We figure like, Hey, you got a roof over your head, you eating, you got clothes, you got shoes, AC, you got something to drink, you know, that other stuff, you know, like the emotional stuff or school stuff, whatever. Your mom can do that, (laughs) you know, or somebody else can kind of take the rein on that. Like I provided you what you needed, you know, and, and, and let me say that, that if we stop at just being a provider, we're actually handicapping our kids. You know, I'll give you a great example, um, and I'm going to take my dad, right? For example, my dad was an amazing provider, okay? Um, my dad got up every morning, maybe 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning time, um, had breakfast, read his paper, had his coffee, and, um, you know, went to work on time. I don't think, I I doubt he ever was late ever, Okay. In the 20, 30 plus years he worked um, and went to work and and he was a great worker, um, came home and uh, provided for us. Right. I, I, I can't think of a time in my childhood that I ever needed for anything or really wanted something. Now, now he didn't spoil us. I had myself and my two younger brothers, uh, but we did get every single thing we needed um, and we got some things we wanted too, right? But as I got older, right, I needed more from my dad than just for him to provide, you know, and, in in the other areas, um, he kind of lacked that, you know, 
And and I I I don't blame him for that, you know. Um, if I mean if I mean if you go back to what I said earlier about human beings being social creatures, and we model behavior, right? My dad's dad was also a provider, but that was his only skill set. So that means that my dad only learned that one thing. He only learned how to be a provider. He didn't have any other tools in his toolbox. So then when he became a dad, he really excelled at that, but lacked in other areas. The next one we'll talk about is the protector. Now, you know, this is again something that most of us as dads are familiar with when we think about the word protector. We as men, I think, automatically think physical protection. If somebody's about to mess with my kids, they finna get these hands, okay? I think that's what all us 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 think. Um and here is a great example, uh, and this is from the movie Bad Boy. I think it's from Bad Boys 2. Um, and this is with, I think, Martin and Will's character. And let me frame this scene up for you, okay? In Bad Boys 2, Martin's character's daughter, I think she's like 16 at the time. Um, there's a little boy that's coming to the house, he's 15, to pick her up for a date. And let's roll this clip. One of them young punks coming to take my baby out on the first date. Who the f are you? I'm Mr. Burnett. I'm Reggie. What you doing here? I came to take out Megan. What? I came to take out Megan. How old are you? I'm 15, Mr. Burnett. Motherfucker, you look 30. Show me some ID. I don't have none on me. You don't have no idea. Get your ass up against that wall. What the f is your problem? You think you know it all? You little young thundercats. You got joints on you? No. You smoked that no, sir. Yo, when Will Smith took that gun out and pointed at him and was like, you ain't never seen a gun before? I felt that, okay? I I, I, I definitely, like, I, I I go watch that scene. If you haven't seen Bad Boys 2, first of all, what's going on? But if you, like, have seen, you know what I mean? But, like, that that two-minute scene is like textbook protector that I think we are, you know, all familiar with. And notice that 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 scene primarily talked about the daughter, right? Like as men, like we view, oh, our daughters, like they need our protection, they're women. Um, I remember when Heaven, she first bought um, her boyfriend <laughs> to the house and, uh, I didn't do quite as bad as Will. Like, I didn't go get a gun and point. But, like, I definitely sized dude up. You know, he came in the house. And so I'm from New Orleans, right? And so in New Orleans, like, when somebody comes in your house, it's very customary for them to speak. Now, if you're not from the South, let me explain that. That means that they come into your house and they say, um... Hi, Mr. Bodie. I'm so-and-so. Good to meet you, right? Meaning speak to you, right? Well, I think when the young man first came in the house, right, I might have been in the kitchen or whatever like that. And again, I don't know if he's nervous or what, but initially, like, he didn't speak to me, the man in the house. So I'm like, 
Oh, okay. So you come in my you come in my house and you ain't finna speak to me, you know? So um um you know like in and and he finally spoke. I definitely sized him up and kind of asked him. Now, here's the thing, right? I had already knew information about him, right? I had already talked to Heaven. I already did my online stalking, I mean research, you know, about the young man and knew but kind of wanted to pick his brain and see where he was at, right? And 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 you know, like and you know, I let him know, like, hey, like, look, dog, like, just making sure you know that if something happened, uh, I'ma knock your head off. I mean, yes, I mean that's the that's the that's the easiest way or the nicest way. Um, I think I could have told him, but you know, but I I, I do want to go one step further when we talk about a protector because. You know, we as men are always thinking about physical, like beat someone up protection. We also have to be aware that we have to protect our kids from abuse. And this can be physical abuse from someone else. This can, um, this can be emotional abuse, right? We have to protect them from society. So society is telling our kids through social media, through TV, through whatever about what they can't and cannot do in life. Um, we also have to protect our kids from themselves. Now, notice in that scene specifically, that was protection for a girl. And we sometimes totally forget that, hey, our sons also need protection too, right? They're also vulnerable. Um, and, and, and there's a story, and this just happened recently with my son, Chris Jr., he's 14. And, and, and when I say protect them from themselves, uh, here's a good example. So Chris just bought, he plays baseball. He bought this pitching machine, okay? So long story short, um, he had it in the backyard. He tripped over it. He dropped it. It broke, right? I went outside to see what's wrong, try to help him fix it, right? He went upstairs. I found him upstairs in his room, in his closet, upset, like in tears with the lights off. I said, hey, son, come out the closet. Talk to me. Tell me what's going wrong. And immediately his first words were, I am a mistake. I'm always clumsy. I destroyed it. Let me stop there. Okay. Not I made a mistake. I'm a mistake, right? Not I just broke something. I destroyed it. So think about how heavy these words are. So when I say save him from himself, in that moment, I had to go, wait, 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 Chris, wait one second, okay? I had to, to explain to him, first of all, your words are powerful. I had to then help him redirect his perspective about what happened. Listen, you are not a mistake. You made a small mistake. You are not a destroyer. You just happen to trip over something haphazardly. You're not clumsy. You play sports. So you have a ton of <laughs> you have a ton of hand-eye coordination. Right? Then I had to shift the perspective, but then also help him see, listen, okay? This is a mistake that could be fixed. 
We could see if you have a warranty because you had just bought the device. We could contact the company and see about the part. And luckily, he was able to call a company, I think in California. They sent him a new piece and everything worked out fine. But in that instance, I had to protect him from his own words and his own bad thoughts. Had I not been there to protect him from that, that thought pattern would have stuck with him. So when I say protector, I don't just mean, hey, I'm going to beat somebody up. Um, I mean that we need to make sure that we are covering our kids from all sides, both the boys and the girls. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, my name is Chris Bodie, and I'm your host on Becoming a Great Dad podcast. I'm so excited to announce our new merchandise line called The Great Dad Society. The Great Dad Society is a signature collection of t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, mugs, and more. And this is all made for dads. This is apparel that any father would love to have, and it makes a great gift for the dad in your life. Feel free to check it out on my site, chrisabody.com slash store. That's C-H-R-I-S-A-B-O-U-D-Y dot com slash S-T-O-R-E. Again, that's the Great Dad Society Collection. Check it out today. Now we're about to get into the last three ones. And the first two, I put those in the beginning because, you know, we're mostly familiar with what it means as men to be a provider protector. Now we're going to get some that make you think a little bit. All right. Um, the third one is a promoter. Now, what does that mean in terms of fatherhood? Well, in fatherhood, a promoter is someone who furthers the progress of something like an idea or someone. So in our case, our children. That's also, so if you want to look at another easier word, we could say encourager. So as dads, we need to be promoting, aka encouraging our kids through words and also actions. And we do this first with words because words are extremely powerful. What we say to our kids and how we say it is very powerful. Right. Here's an example. Another example. A great clip. Um, This is from the movie Pursuit of Happiness. All right. And let me kind of frame the scene for you again. So in this movie, Will Smith's character uh, has some hardships. Uh, So he's a salesman on his job and he's trying I think to sell medical equipment to make ends meet, but he's not doing a good job at it at all. So at this point in the movie, he's kind of down on his luck. I think they might have been evicted or about to be evicted. So he basically just takes his son to a basketball court so they can let off some steam and he can kind of forget about work. And let me play this clip and it'll speak for itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, 
you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average, you know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so I really, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. All right, go ahead. Let somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Y'all, when Will said, "When you got a dream, protect it," man, I, I can I, I can honestly say, and you may hear in my voice, I I I kind of want to cry, you know, after that. You know that that scene was so powerful, right? But 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 let's break down what happens, okay? So the first thing is Will Smith's character, uh, his own life is kind of going through some personal dilemma, right? So he is telling his son that he can only be below average in basketball and don't waste time shooting hoops. But you see, really. Will Smith is telling him a metaphor for life, right? Now, you can't see the clip, but the son, after he says that, actually takes the basketball and, like, puts it in, like, this, like, plastic bag, almost like he's throwing it away. Now, I don't think the son really wanted to play basketball or wanted to, like, play it professionally, but... The basketball in that scene was a metaphor for his dreams. Now, let's stop right there, okay? What if Will Smith's character didn't catch himself? And what if the scene had stopped there? So imprinted on that boy's mind for the rest of his life would have been, well, you're below average because your dad said so. But thankfully, Will Smith's character caught himself and he turned that around and he encouraged his son with words by basically saying, look, I was wrong. Don't ever let anybody tell you can't do anything, even me. And that's powerful, man. Now, that part of it, like that thing after the fact, that will be planted in that son's mind for the rest of his life. And let me also point something else out, too, that I think the movie did a good job of is that when we can admit to our kids that we were wrong, we made a mistake, they respect us for that. Think about it. As dads, they already view us as gods. Right. Um, So to see that, hey, I'm human, too. 
I can mess up. I can make a mistake and come back from it. Our kids think, well, wait a minute. My dad can make a mistake and he can come back from it. So can I. I don't have to be perfect all the time. Now, encouragement, I said, is a two-part process. Okay. The, the, the first part of it is, is words. Okay. The second part of it is action. So if we look at the word promoter, there's the word promote in there, which means to advance and to upgrade. You can only advance and upgrade, for example, like on the job or in life, if you have the proper tools or experience. So let me kind of give an example around that. I'll take uh, our youngest son, Emmanuel. We call him Tato. Um, Tato had an issue, and I think he was in either kindergarten or first grade, you know, with with basically getting bullied, right? Getting bullied at a kindergarten or first grade level, you know? And it was stuff like kids would be like, I don't want to play with you, or they would kick them and run, just, or just stuff that was just like, you know, kind of gray area where, hey, do I need to come to the school and beat up a kid? Or can a teacher handle this? And, and, and so I know, um, so my wife did a great job, and, and she does this thing where every morning, she will have him before he goes to school say encouraging words, words of affirmation, right? I am strong, I am brave. But to back that up, I wanted to give him some tools, put this thing in action. So I said, look, Tato, listen, like when you go to school and when you this happens, what do you do? And he said, oh, I, I, I just kind of like, I don't say anything. Like the boy may hit me and I may just cry go to my teacher. And, and so we talked about like, we talked about, okay, look, if somebody is about to approach you and hit you, how you can say, no, stop, leave me alone. You know, how you can use your body, use your hands, use your voice uh, to be confident, um, how you can leave that situation so they don't corner you to hit you. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those proponents that's like, yeah, if somebody hits you, go beat him. I'm, no, 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 no. What I do believe in, though, is that defend yourself, okay? So I'm not saying go beat the kid up or throw the first punch, but I do not want my children to just stand there when somebody wails on them. Now, I didn't teach them how to box, right? But I did teach my son how to activate... Um, the confidence that is in him, right? And the way I did that is, I said, you know what? Get on the floor. I said, let's pretend you're a lion, I'm a lion, right? And as two lions, we started to actually wrestle like lions would play wrestle out in a while. And it was weird because through that wrestling, right, the more aggressive he became, right? The more aggressive I became. And so I was able to show him how to have that aggression rise up. But I was also able to show him how to turn that off and turn that off. I'm sorry, on. And I said, listen, that same feeling you have, you can also use that to be confident. To say, hey, listen, leave me alone. Do not touch me. Right. Or I will go to my teacher or I don't want to play right now. I, I, 
I want to be left alone. And so I gave Emmanuel actual like action items, actual like tools for him to go back and use to do. And that's the best kind of encouragement when you can encourage your kid with words, but then also back those words up with action. The last one we'll talk about is the prepare. And I want to actually to break that word up in, in, in what that really means to me in my mind is teacher slash mentor. We are preparing them for life by teaching them and mentoring to them. A funny joke my mom tells. So, you know, we have three. Well, so I have three, well, two brothers, right? Myself and two younger ones. Um, And as we got older, we would call my dad for everything. Like, dad, how do I do? And my mom one day told the story about my dad would get mad because we call with questions and my mama said, well, Lee, you can't get mad. They keep calling. You didn't teach the boys how to do this stuff. And it's very important because when you think about it, outside of school and their mothers, we are also our kids' teachers. Now, First, you know, there's stuff, you know, there's life stuff that we are required, like we are required as dads or as parents to teach them, like how to tie their shoe, okay, or how to brush their teeth. But then there comes a part in their life as they get older where actually we aren't, like we aren't required to do it. Like, for example, like driving a car or dealing with conflict or the biggest one, having sex. Now, if you look at those three items, think about how essential those lessons are in life. But we aren't required to actually teach them to do. do. Think about it. Like the driving car thing. I could send my kid to driving school. Um, Dealing with conflict. My kid could just learn how to deal with conflict or fighting or their emotions by what they see around them. Or the birds and the bees, like they can, they can learn that from sex or watching videos. Like some of the most important things, like we can actually just skip over them, right? And that's why it's so important that we prepare them and we take opportunities to teach them about the required stuff and the non-required stuff. Now, there's always an opportunity uh for a teachable moment, right? It, it it doesn't have to be an actual tangible thing like, hey, let me show you how to hang drywall, okay? Um, I, I, I think the best teachable moments come out of mistakes and they come from times when your child has failed. And you can not just punish them and walk away, but you can use that moment to actually break down why they did what they did and then what you expect of them. And then as they get older, their relationship changes, right? Because you go from teaching because basically you go from having less opportunities to teach them stuff because maybe you've taught them a lot of things and now you want them to put into practice and you roll in and and you go into a transition of being a mentor which I think is happening now with the oldest, right? She's 21, and so she's an adult, basically. 
And my main concern is her safety, but she's old enough to make her own decisions, good and bad. But for the rest of her life, she knows that, hey, I'm here as a mentor. You know, I'm here to give her advice. I'm, I'm here to give her opinion. And key thing, I'm here to give her my opinion when she asks for it, not just out the blue. But I'm also here to take the examples of my life and the mistakes that I made at that age and try to help her so she doesn't have to make the same mistakes that I did. The next one is uh, participator. Uh, and let me be clear when I say participate, not just be there, but be an active participant. Not overbearing, but involved. Um, and here's how, okay? So my daughter, Heaven, the oldest one again, uh, she used to be a cheerleader in high school, Right? And in New Orleans, uh, you can actually walk in parades with the band and the dance team and cheerleaders. So um, as her dad, I said, look, I said, I'll, I'll go and walk with you. Now, this participator also kind of plays into the protector role as well, too. Watch, because, for example, when you're walking in parades, first of all, your daughter is three feet um from thousands of people on the parade route, okay? Um, you're leaving her in the care of teachers. Um, she's around the same boys that she's at with school. So just by me participating, by me being involved, uh, I'm sure she felt more safe in that environment. Now, being an active participant in their lives also means that as dads, we can check for any blind spots, right? We can see things that they can't see. So I was known as having dad, right? I knew the band director. I knew the cheer moms. I knew the boys that were hanging around her. I even sat in the smelly middle school cafeteria, <laughs> you know, that they gave us for lunch. I knew the teachers. And so, you know, it got to a point where people knew, hey, like, make sure you tread lightly because heaven's dad, he's involved, right? I wasn't overreaching, overbearing, but I could see blind spots. I could see things that she couldn't see. So I was able to give her advice on, look, this is how I saw somebody react. This is what I saw this little boy do. These are maybe some things you want to stay away from because I could kind of watch out some things for you. And, 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 and that's the best part about being involved. You're able to kind of give them a second layer of protection. And just to know that their dad is around will make them feel more safe. So there you have it, guys. We got our, our five tools or our five skill sets that need to be in our dad toolbox. Um, so here's my challenge uh, to you, right? First, I want you to write down all of those things, right? Which are provider, protector, promoter, participant, and prepare. Like write a lot of P, right? Um, and for the next two weeks, 
Look at them and ask yourself, how can I practice each one of these skills? Which one of these skills am I currently doing a great job at? And which one am I not doing so good at? Now, in all transparency, look, I'll be honest, okay? Um, I personally think, and let me go back to the list, I think I'm doing a great job at maybe two of these things. I think I'm doing an okay job and maybe two others and a not so good job at one. So like, for example, I think I'm doing a great job at being a provider and a participator. So I provide for my kids. They have everything they need and want. Um, I am a very active dad in their life. My son plays baseball. I coached the baseball team for four years with him. My daughter was a dance team cheerleader. I was right there with her. She played softball. I helped coach a few games. Um, uh, my son, Tato, whenever he has anything with school, I'm there. Uh, my daughter, my youngest one, Bina, uh, we are constantly doing stuff together. So I think I'm excelling at those two areas. I think the areas where I'm kind of doing okay at is promoter. Um I just sometimes forget, you know what, I need to be encouraging my kids with words and then also backing it up with action. Um, I think protector, I'm doing an okay job. Like I think my kids know that if something happens, I will definitely knock somebody's head off of them. But like, am I really doing a great job of protecting them just well-rounded? You know, I don't know, you know. Uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but I want to work on that. And then also preparer. Um, I'm a good teacher, but am I really being a good teacher to all four of them? And am I really looking for opportunities and moments to teach and also mentor? I can do a better job at that. So, so again, if, if, if you look at these five and you say, well, damn, Chris, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing great. Look, I'm not here to down you, right? We are here in this together, in this journey to be a better dad. Um, but I encourage you to take this time, take these next two weeks. And I say two weeks because I'm probably going to do a podcast every two weeks. But take these weeks and, and, and find out, okay, what am I doing good at, bad at? And then make a plan to work on the items that you need work on. Most time podcasts are a one-way conversation, but let me tell you, um, I would love to get feedback and have a dialogue with you all throughout the show. So on my podcast site, I'm going to put information and the the site is becomingagreatdad.com. Um, I'm going to put information on how you can actually leave me a voice message um, through the podcast so I can listen to that. I love to hear the voice messages on how you felt about it, what areas you were great at, what things you need to work on. Um, I will probably even include in the future those voice messages on the podcast. So definitely check out the website, becomingagreatdad.com. I'm going to have information on there about how you can leave voice memos um, and leave me a memo um, so I can... See what you did. All right, so that's that's the first podcast, y'all. I got it out the way. Um, 
I'm excited to get it over. Um, I actually record this podcast late at night. Um, so I'm, I'm in my studio. I had to turn off the AC so I could have no noise. I'm a little sweaty. So I definitely want to wrap this up and get this podcast done. Um, I want to dedicate this this first podcast to my dad, to my father. Uh, his name is Leroy Peter Bodie Jr. Um, my dad is not a tech-savvy person, so he will probably not listen to this podcast. Um, but I definitely still want to dedicate this to him and, and just say, Dad, if you do hear it one day, uh, uh, thank you for being a good example of a father to my brother tonight. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to it on all the major channels. Again, you can go to the website, which is becomingagreatdad.com. You can get in contact with me. You can make a one-time donation um, to the podcast. You can also make a monthly donation of, I think, a dollar, $5, or $10 to the podcast. You can leave a message um, on the podcast about how you liked it. Um, And please, if you did like it, send this link, send this podcast to other dads. Uh, So many blessings to you and your family and see you next time.